Let's go to the United States. Let's go to Washington, D.C., bring in our correspondent, Simon Marks. Set the scene for us in New York, then. What's going to play out later on, Simon? Well, uh, efforts, as we've been hearing there from Chris, by Prince Andrew's lawyers to get this civil lawsuit uh, thrown out on the basis uh, that this settlement agreement that Virginia Giuffre signed with Jeffrey Epstein back in 2009, which secured her $500,000 in cash compensation from uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who admitted no guilt in this uh, document. Uh, this document goes on to indicate that Virginia Giuffre signed away her rights to launch any kind of legal action against a class of people who are defined in this document as other potential defendants. Now, none of them is named. The Duke of York's name doesn't appear anywhere in this document. Neither do the names of any of the other uh, men associated with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, so, lawyers for uh, Victoria, Virginia Giuffre, rather, are, are are already arguing that this document is irrelevant. Uh, they also point to a second paragraph in the document uh, where it, it appears to indicate that this legal agreement would be inadmissible in any court proceeding against or involving Jeffrey Epstein, either civil or criminal. Well, this is certainly a civil lawsuit, at least tangentially involving uh, Jeffrey Epstein. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, just how the lawyer for the Duke of York present their argument when court gets under uh, underway in New York in, what, uh, about two and a quarter hours' time. Uh, also interesting to see whether we do, in fact, get a result today. I mean, it's perfectly possible that the, lawyer, that the judge in the case will accept the view of many legal uh, analysts here overnight who say this, this document essentially isn't worth the paper that it's written on, uh, that absolutely Virginia Giuffre will not be deemed to have signed away uh, any of her legal rights in perpetuity, despite the wording of this document. Uh, so it's possible that the judge will simply peremptorily refuse uh, the efforts by uh, Prince Andrew's lawyers to throw this lawsuit out, but it's equally possible that the judge will say, uh, actually, it's pretty clear from the document uh, that she uh, did indeed agree to restrictions on her ability to take further legal action. So I suppose it's possible there could be a ruling in the Duke's favour, and it is equally possible that the judge in the case may say, you know, I've got to go away and think about this. I don't want to make an instant decision. I mean, I think we're all anticipating a decision, but, but whether it comes today, uh, I think is something of an open question at this point. And is it, is it part of a proceeding which can be appealed? So whatever the judge says, the side that loses could then challenge him? Or her? Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure they can. Uh, I'm not sure they can appeal it uh, immediately. Not immediately. I mean, Simon, sorry, I meant be, in, the, yeah, know, in it, a few well, days. It can, absolutely. Well, it could certainly be uh, part um, of an appeal uh, that might follow once this lawsuit makes its way through uh, the courts. I mean, any uh, decision that is made by a judge in a case like this is subject to potential appeal. Um, but look, I mean, if the decision goes against Prince Andrew, the civil lawsuit for the moment will go ahead. There's nothing uh, immediate, yeah. I think, that would derail that. Now, um, it's cold in New York, I'm reading. It's cold where you are in, in Washington, and particularly for some motorists just outside the city. 
It is perishingly cold and it's never good, the first snowfall of the year here in the Washington DC area. Everybody completely forgets what snow is like until suddenly the city is blanketed with it as we were here uh, yesterday, three to four inches in most places, uh, both in the city and then more snow outside it. Uh, The city has come to a standstill. The federal government was closed yesterday, offices downtown absolutely even more deserted than they have been uh, during the COVID pandemic. Uh, But the real crisis that has been developing has taken place overnight on Interstate 95. That is the major uh, north-south highway that runs all the way up to New York and all the way down to Florida and passes through uh, Washington, D.C., about uh, 25 to 30 miles south of Washington, D.C. Thousands of motorists have spent 11 hours overnight stranded in their cars uh, as the temperatures suddenly dipped last night and all that snow uh, turned to ice, uh, at least four sections of Interstate 95 became completely impassable. Uh, And they've literally spent all night in their cars getting very little information about any efforts to get them out of there. One of the motorists stranded happens to be a reporter for NBC News. His name is Josh Lederman. We've been looking (laughs) at basically Twitter trying to see if local authorities are putting out any information as well as local radio uh there was one period where they briefly opened one lane overnight and we got to move about a quarter of a mile down the road then it crashed again and was completely out um we haven't seen since before midnight i have not seen a emergency vehicle or a police car or a plow on my side of the highway both the north and south bounds are completely shut down we've seen some plows on the southbound side it's possible there are some emergency vehicles trying to help us at the front of this kind of coming from the other direction but from this vantage point uh, if you're looking for you know the rescue battalions and the backup to be coming we have not seen any of that uh in more than six hours now that was josh laderman speaking from his car about 90 minutes ago he has since reported on twitter that the traffic uh, that's been stuck for 11 hours on his section of the highway is beginning to move but he says very very slowly and the tailbacks last for miles uh there are going to be all sorts of questions about this because this is a very very serious situation i mean people could uh clearly have encountered all sorts of health difficulties uh they were in some cases trying to decide whether they should keep the heat on in their cars whether that was going to result in them running out of petrol there are concerns also about uh carbon monoxide poisoning that could be created under circumstances like this so huge uh questions stacking up for the authorities in virginia as thousands of those motorists again right to the south of us here in washington dc say they weren't just stranded overnight on the highway but essentially abandoned by their own local government it's a pretty extraordinary turn uh, turn of affairs it is indeed thank goodness you weren't uh, on a quick journey up Absolutely. the i-95 yesterday <laughs> um now look we're still struggling to try and put our data together in the uk because you know the four nations have done things different ways and people have had days off um so we haven't got an absolute clarity but certainly the number of cases in the uk is steadily climbing give us an update on what's happening stateside if you will. well america yesterday managed to notch up another global record more than a million cases of covid19 infection being reported in a single 24-hour period and, and i should make the point martin that that's uh, undercounting the number because there are some people obviously who are testing positive through instant tests at home who then don't report that information to the authorities but over a million cases in a single day and hospitals 
hospitalizations also rising. More than a 100,000 people in the United States on Monday were in hospital uh, suffering from symptoms related to COVID-19. Uh, President Biden today is holding more meetings with his COVID-19 response team. The head of that response team uh, continues to engage in the absolute fiction that the United States can keep its businesses and schools open and now has the tools available at its disposal to deal with the Omicron variant, even as, oh, I can tell you, my teenager's school uh, has been delayed in terms of its return as a result uh, of Omicron, uh, and there are many school districts all over the country that are increasingly uh, returning uh, to virtual learning and putting in-person uh, classroom uh, teaching on hold at least for the next few weeks, plus, of course, uh, massive issues for businesses as we saw over the New Year and Christmas period with thousands of flights being cancelled because uh, the airlines here just couldn't uh, keep the staff uh, upright in order to get the planes in the air or fix them when they were on the ground. So I think massive questions uh, stacking up for the Biden administration about its handling of all of this. And just before we leave uh, this conversation, Simon, just a word on the demise of BlackBerry. I'm noting it doesn't, they don't work anymore. They've turned the servers off, which were crucial to that particular service. Now, I had a BlackBerry. I remember being terribly proud of it back in the day. Did you? I did have a BlackBerry back in the day. I go even further back than that. Uh, I had a, do you remember the Palm Pilot? I had oh, a Palm gosh, Pilot, yes. which I think was then bought by BlackBerry, as I recall. I, I yeah. actually am still suffering uh, from the impacts of having had a BlackBerry, because when many years ago I transferred over to an iPhone, I couldn't yeah. quite figure out how to get all my contacts migrated over. So everybody's phone number currently appears, everybody's contact appears on my iPhone in three different places. So maybe before they... <laughs> Before they switch it off, someone from BlackBerry can call me and tell me how on you earth I do it. Just sort out your, your contact <laughs> database. Yeah, okay, Simon. Well, stay warm. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. Simon Marks reporting from a freezing Washington, D.C., and I know he'll be with us and the team as that uh, Prince Andrew case comes before the judge.